0: There are some things in this world we just can't change. Things that we can't modify, no matter how hard we try. Rules of the game that we have to play by. One plus one equals two, pretty simple. When God's at work, however, simple addition becomes multiplication. With us, five plus five always equals 10. With God, five times five equals 25. And that's why your generosity matters. When you give your time to God, those minutes can be multiplied. When you give your talents to God, the results can be miraculous. When you give your resources, God takes those resources and makes something extraordinary. But it all starts with our decision to live lives of generosity. Maybe it's time to give back some of what God's given to us and watch it multiply.
1: Well, I want to thank you guys for helping me with this, uh, this evening. We are getting ready to do a series on generosity. You guys have shown that you have a history of generosity, a commitment to Hope Community Church, its mission and its vision. So Jerry and Mary Ellen, I've known you guys a long time. In fact, how long have you guys been at Hope now?
2: Since 1999.
1: What was your first impression when you came to Hope?
2: Well, for me, um, and I think for you too, one of the number one things was just our calling to raise our family in a church that was going to really come alongside us. And mm-hmm. not to minimize how awesome your messages are, messages were really important in the music was I'm not sure really they were that important. awesome back
1: then, but thank you. <laughs> they
2: were. But it was really a church that was going to really help us in raising our family and having the same value and structure that we wanted in our Christian home. We've raised all five of our kids through Hope, and now we have five grandchildren that are also at Hope. Mm -hmm. We have um, son-in-laws and daughter-in-laws that are serving at Hope, and and we, we couldn't be more blessed.
1: Jerry, do you remember the aha moment when you realized, okay, this is our church, this is what we were looking for?
3: Yeah, I think it was actually probably the first service. It felt like home right away, you know, just to see the, the blessings God has given, they hear the stories, I mean, we hear them every week, you know, we hear these stories about changed lives and people coming to Christ, and that's what I've seen at Hope, we've seen that hope over and over again. And we,
2: we've and always said to each other, we sometimes <clears> pinch <throat> each other and say, you know, what did we ever do? deserve to get to be a part of something like this and it's
4: just
1: so so yeah. amazing yeah well brian and amy i haven't obviously known you since 1999 but you guys have been uh, a key part of hope community church uh, for years now when did you guys just show up at hope for the first time it's been about 10 years and when you guys walked in what was your first impression <laughs> this is not my mama's church <laughs> for, yeah that was definitely one of them for sure <laughs> I think for me, I had just relatively, you know, within a few years had moved back from Southern California and I had grown up in a very legalistic, strict Baptist church. For me, when I walked in, it was like almost like an aha moment. Like there is kind of that feeling and that laid back feel to it, but also you were getting uh, messages that were applicable to what we deal with in a daily life. I think it took just a couple weeks for like, this is it this is where we got to be
2: and I think for me I remember the mess I remember specifically the music I was like wow this is it was just like really good Christian music and I really was like I felt like I could really worship we never searched for another church we knew this was the place for us
1: you guys were back in the fire trap days back uh, when we were I think at three service and packing the place out and nowhere to park but no money and really no hope for a future and remember we went through the believe the unbelievable and i remember we had the banner in the back of the church that god can do exceedingly more than we could ever imagine right and uh it was great because we had to raise we knew we had to raise 1.8 million dollars which in those days it might as well have been five billion dollars we we were a bunch of young working families blue-collar families but uh, what was it as you think back uh, as we went through that process of believe the unbelievable uh what was it that 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 you thought, man, this is this is worthy of my money.
2: It was the first time that I actually understood tithing because I wasn't I didn't know about it when we were first married. I used to question it to him all the time. I'm like, I don't really understand why we're giving this when we can't even buy shoes for our kids. And he's like, no, you have to give, and then we'll buy shoes. I'm like, well, i don't I'm not really doing the math that way. And then finally, it was that campaign that I really became so excited and understanding that this is something I don't have to do. This is something I get
3: to do. I think that was really the first time I ever experienced being cheerful
1: right. about giving. You guys got involved with Unleashed mm-hmm. and uh, what made you as we thought about uh, setting aside more money to impact our community, to impact our world, to build the Apex Campus, what captured your heart guys and, and, and made you think this is something we want to be a part of?
2: I hope. It is doing something greater than us that we can't just do on our own. And so as God has blessed us, it's never been a question like like we tithe, we give, and when we're asked to give more or when we feel like God is leading us to give above and beyond, you know, how could we ever say no to that? It's very black and white, I think, for us. And the Lord has blessed, you know,
1: my business and I feel like that's what He's calling me to do is to be generous and so it's never been a question over the last probably eight, nine years of Having to do it, it's been, hey, we get to do this. And, and you know, Paul said for, to give generously, he said they gave first to themselves. And I know the four of you guys represent that because you don't just give your money, you give your time, you serve. You guys have served for since you've been at Hope Community Church through Kid City and different areas. So it's not just about giving your money. To give at this level, you either all in or you're not all in. I just wanted to talk to you guys. One, I wanted to personally thank you for your generosity. And I could say thank you, but you know what, your generosity has been multiplied over and over again. God just has a way of doing that. And so I thought instead of for me just telling you thank you, we've actually invited some people here, and they're gonna tell you thank you. So Laura and I, we're just gonna go sit. Sit right over there, okay?
3: So I'm Lisa, and um, the time that I came to Hope, I was very lonely and, and very scared the relationship. I actually had friends around me that were saying, Lisa, this is wrong. This, this guy's not, not any good. I ignored them and then I found out I was pregnant. Um, my ex-boyfriend drove up all kinds of credit card debt in my name. I ended up having to declare bankruptcy. It was embarrassing. I didn't know which way to turn and I had a baby and she was my world and there's nothing I wouldn't have done for that child. If I'm going to have a child, I had to have a church. And one of the guys that I worked with in printing um, used to always be happy and positive about his church, and it was hope. And that's when I came to hope. The financial crisis was, was still there, was always in the picture. There were a couple nights that I would come home and the lights were out. It was scary. Not long after I had the incident where the power was out, Christmas was approaching, and now I've got this baby. And I knew that I wasn't gonna be able to do for her what I wanted to do. And one night I got home, and there's a envelope on my door with my name on it. And I thought, oh my gosh, what bill is this? Sat on the couch and opened the envelope. And there was a check in the envelope from Hope. It was a1,000 dollars. I just couldn't believe it. How did they know that I needed help? I'll never, ever forget that. That was it was God. It was hope. It was just a miracle. And I was able to do Christmas for my baby. How we got through those early days, I couldn't have done it without help. And I'm just really thankful. It's a great story. How, how old is Lily? Yeah. She's, she's gonna be 17. Wow. So, I mean, she totally, totally has grown up at Hope. That's an amazing
2: story for her to know too. For... Mm-hmm. yeah. Thank you. Thank you so you. much.
0: Thanks.
4: Hi, I am Aisha. I first started coming to Hope over six years ago. I ended up meeting a guy. We dated, and then we got married. You don't go into a marriage saying, hey, I'm just going to get a divorce after five years or after six years. No. I had faults in a marriage. He had faults in a marriage. And then even though we said we were going to work it out, he tells me, I don't want to be with you anymore. Hearing those words come out of somebody that you love was excruciating. But you still have to take care of the people that you created. A product of my marriage was having three beautiful kids. My kids are the light of my life, so I will never trade them for anything. But it was hard. You will do everything known to man. So your kids are taken care of. You bend over backwards, you sell the clothes off your back if need be, so your child will have food. They may not be able to go play sports. They may not be able to go, you know, to dance camp. But they have the basics. Sometimes you may not know when or if you'd be able to provide this month. And the food pantry has been there. It's the generosity of the people who may not always need it that keeps it stocked to help others because they took the time, they took their financial resources to help. When you don't have that stress on you, you can breathe. And when you can breathe again, it's relief. Hope of my family has done wonders. Seeing somebody else care for my kids, that brings a joy to my to my face. It's mainly guys who are their small group leader, and I am grateful because they see a positive influence in their lives. You know, they could be working a nine-to-five, but they're taking this hour, two hours of their day to help not only my child, but somebody else's child. Sometimes just the, that little hour can make a difference throughout the whole entire week. I'm now serving in the office as a receptionist. It's not only just helping in the office, it's helped me because just being around, seeing where you can help is a platform. God's gonna work miracles. And I can't say thank you enough for that because of somebody else's generosity that I'm able to give my generosity.
2: Sharing that.
0: For sharing that. You're welcome. Thank you. I um, gotta So I'm Josh. I grew up in uh, South Carolina. I grew up without having a relationship with my father. that was tough. There was and always has been a very strong longing for a father. And uh, I started modeling. When I was 15 or 16, and through that, I sought attention and and, and all of a sudden I was getting positive reinforcement from places that I'd, I normally didn't and uh, and I, li- I liked the way that felt I, honestly I, I was like if if I am successful in any type of genre of of film or theater, I would be loved so I took my 50 bucks. <laughs> I, I, I went to California and I spent almost every cent I had. And then all of a sudden, I was like, shoot, I don't have any money. <laughs> and uh, I got a job at a, uh, like a steakhouse, it was like a steakhouse slash bar in Los Angeles. After working in that restaurant for a few months, I met a group of girls that were sitting at a table. They said, you should, uh, you should do movies. I was like, oh yeah, actually, uh, I am trying to be an actor, this and that. And uh, they're like, no, um, adult movies. And I was like, what, what do you mean? And they're like having you know, sex on camera. So they gave me their information. It was to, to meet with their agent. So I, I met with that agent. He's like, if you can do it, you'll be great. You'll be amazing. Just do it, just do it. I showed up and I was terrified. And everyone was like, don't worry about it. You'll be able to do it. And I did. I've already did one, so, what's the difference if I do another one? And then all of a sudden, you know, I, I've done a few, and then all of a sudden I was doing 20 a month. And my family did find out. And I still didn't stop. I became this person I didn't even know. And next thing I knew, I'd, I'd done a thousand movies. And I truly believed at that point that I didn't matter and that that went on for you know well over five years and I was going to deposit a check and the teller looked at me and said Joshua is there anything else I can do for you and that was the first time I, ho- I heard my name in a long time and I just lost it and I went home and I said I'm never going back so that's what I did I ran I moved to North Carolina the last thing I wanted to do was face with what I did my mom, any time I reached out to her, she's like, I, I, I love you no matter what. It hurt so bad for her to say no matter what because I knew I embarrassed her. And then I met someone else. When I met Hope, I was like, there's no way that she could accept me for who I am. She asked me if I believe in God, and I said yes. And after she asked me that, I felt like I had to tell her something. I did pornography for, you know, over five years. She looked me in the face and said, "God's forgave you for that. Why can't I?" I was like, "Wow, that's that's what speaking of Christians like. How was some of that, you know." So not not long after that, together, we went to Hope. And when I walked in Hope, we were we were, sit, we were sitting there, and Mike's talking straight to me. And he's like, no no matter how broken you are, it's never too late. And I believe that. My whole life changed. Well, growing up longing for a father, and now knowing that I have a good father already in God. And seeing what God had in store for me all along, I would never want to go back. And I was lucky enough to marry that girl. You know, and that was uh, about two years ago.
4: Oh,
0: Absolutely. Oh, thank you, guys. Thank you for sharing. That's yeah, an unbelievable thank you. Story. That, wow.
3: Absolutely.
1: So I could have said thank you, um, but I know how you give, and I know how generous you are, and I know personally that sometimes you just give and you forget the impact that it's making on people's lives, you just give. You're being obedient, you're being faithful, you're being disciplined, you just give. But then when you hear the stories of how it's actually changing lives, it puts a whole different meaning on it. But here's the amazing thing, it's not just those stories. Those are so few when you think about all the way God multiplies and it begins to ripple out and impact the lives of other people. In fact, we wanted to just give you some impression of the people that have been impacted by your generosity.
2: I had been ashamed for so long that I was accepted.
0: I fell in love with the place. Our marriage is so much better now than it ever was before.
2: God put the people in my life through serving here at Hope, through the relationships that I have built through Small Group. God's just so amazing.
4: Even those times when I was trying to hide from Pastor Chris or from the church, Jesus himself was still seeing me. Now I know that I'm not alone. The idea that someone
0: loves me, that's all I need, man. And that's set me so free and different than anything else ever in my life.
1: I think we can honestly say that when we started Hope, um, we had zero idea of what God was going to do. And to be honest, we still don't have much idea of what God is going to do. We just try to be faithful. But when I think about our mission statement of loving people where they are and encourage them to grow in their relationship with Jesus Christ, when you hear stories like you guys have heard this evening and you see represented in this room, you realize that every person has a name, every name has a story, and every story matters to God. And I just want to thank you again for your generosity, and I hope you got just a little bit of glimpse of the impact that your generosity has made. And from Laura and I, and from everybody at Hope Community Church, and all the people gathered around this room this evening, we just want to say thank you. probably watched that video five or six times since I got the final cut of it um, late Thursday. And every time I've watched it, I've had the same impression. I have never been so proud in my life to be a part of a church that unconditionally loves people where they are. And my guess is that you're probably having some of the same thoughts that I'm having right now, like, I want to be like those people. I want to be generous. I want to impact people. I want to influence people. When it's all said and done, I want to know that my life has somehow made a difference. But the reality is you have a thought like that, and it's often followed up by a thought like it's just not possible. And it's not possible because, Mike, if you just knew my financial status, if you knew my bills, my debt, I got kids that have to go to college. I'm not sure how I'm ever going to retire. I'm stressed about it. And if it makes you feel... Any better? You're not alone. I just read a statistic this week that said two-thirds of Americans, even though we live in the richest country on the planet, two-thirds of of Americans live under financial stress. And if that's where you find yourself this weekend, you you know that uh, when there's financial stress, there's a lot of uncertainty in your world. And where there's uncertainty, there's pressure. And where there's pressure, there's conflict. And I got to tell you, when there's financial conflict, it, as you know. It impacts every area of your life. It impacts your relationships. It will impact your marriage. In fact, it's one of the leading causes of divorce and the ending of marriage, financial stress and conflict. It will even impact your ethics if you're not careful. Because when you're under financial stress, you'll find yourself doing things that you never thought that you would do. But I really believe the biggest ramification of financial pressure is it prevents us from being the people of generosity that God has called us to be. And so this is what we're gonna do over the next few weeks We're gonna dig into the Bible, and we're gonna see what the Bible has to say, not about you giving money, that's not really, that would be a great benefit of this series, but we're gonna see what the Bible has to say about how we're supposed to, as Christians, to handle our financial resources. And before you just kinda tune me out, I came up with a list of things that maybe would suggest you need this series on personal finances. For example, if you spend more than you make, you need this series. If you don't know if you're spending more than you make, you need this series. If you don't care that you're spending more than you make, you definitely need this series. If you owe more on your car than it's worth, you need this series. I mean, that wasn't your plan, was it? But now you look at what it's worth and you look at what you owe on it and you think, how in the world did this ever happen, see? If you think that paying the minimum amount on your credit card is wise financial planning, you need this series. If your potential tax return is your only savings, you need this series. If you don't know how much debt you have, you need this series. If you're making financial decisions that you hope and pray the IRS never discovers, you need this series. If you're making financial decisions you hope and pray your spouse never discovers, you really, truly need this series. And so that's what we're going to be talking about over the next few weeks, and uh, this is so important to me that if you've been around for a while, you know, come the end of June, I'm gone, and I don't see you again usually after Labor Day, and it's not just because I'm out vacationing. That's the time of the year when I begin to plan out the series, where we're going to be going on the weekends over the next 9 to 12 months, but this week, this summer, this is so important to me. I'm not leaving at the end of June. I'm going to stay with you to the end of July as we go through this because I want you to understand that we are in this together. And I know what some of you are thinking. You're thinking, you know, Mike, why would we spend the next few weeks talking about our personal finances in church? Well, I can give you the answer, and let me just warn you, it may be a little offensive to you, and so I'm gonna go ahead and give you permission ahead of time to be upset with me. I'm going to give you permission ahead of time to say really bad things about me in the car on the way home. I'm going to go ahead and give you permission to send me nasty emails, L at GetHope.net. You can go ahead and send them. You can start writing them now. In fact, I'm going to go ahead and give you permission to walk out of this service at all of our campus and say, there is no way I am ever going back to that church. I'm going to convince you to do that. This is all I ask. I just ask that after you get through your initial emotional response, tomorrow when you wake up and things have simmered down a little bit, your blood pressure has returned to normal, would you at least consider being here for this series? Because see, this is the reason, this is why we have to talk about finances, personal finances in church. And this is what I want you to hear, and this, is what, this may be what offends you. You cannot wholeheartedly be a fully devoted follower of Jesus Christ. You cannot be all in. You cannot be a disciple of Jesus Christ in the purest sense of the word and not involve God in your personal finances. I am telling you, it is impossible. And next week, you're gonna see why I say that. And I look forward, as we go on this journey together, I look forward because I think it's gonna be transformational for us as individuals, but I also think it's gonna be transformational for us as a church. I mean, at the end of six weeks, If you thought that you had clear direction in your personal finances and you could experience financial freedom, listen, if you never gave a penny to God's work, wouldn't you be excited to know that you didn't have to live under that pressure anymore? So that's what we're gonna be talking about in this series. Now, I wanna say one other thing before I close this weekend. I am 100% confident that as a church, Uh, We are involved in a spiritual battle like we have never, ever been involved in before. Things that are happening from a professional perspective, things that are happening in the lives of people in our church, even our staff, from a personnel perspective, I really believe that we're under attack. And I don't think that it's a coincidence that it coincides with something that we talked about a few weeks ago, When I taught from John 17, we talked about a paradigm shift where we're no longer just going to focus on what goes on inside the walls of our campuses, our five campuses, but we're going to become the fulfillment of Jesus' prayer in John 17 that his believers, everyone that followed him from the 1st century, 4th century, ninth century, during the Reformation, the Great Awakening, during the 19th, 20th, and 21st century, all believers across all denominational lines, across all races, Jesus' prayer was this, that they would be one, that they would be united in such a way that the world would look at us and say, wow, Jesus must have been sent from the Father. He must be who he says he is. He must be the Savior of the world. And we've set out to do that. And we begin to move in that direction. And I think because of that, Satan is not very happy with us. But that's okay. Okay. That's okay, because John, when he writes in 1 John chapter 4, verse 4, he reminds us, he says, greater is he that is in you, and he's talking to Christians, than he that is in the world. And if that's the case, we're going to go on the offensive, and I am going to be calling our church next week to a time of prayer. Now, let me tell you why this is the correct response to a spiritual battle. Paul wrote a little letter to a group of Christians in the city of Ephesus. It made its way into our Bible. It's in the book of Ephesians. This is what he says in chapter six, verse 10. He says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the full armor of God so that you will be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. Now notice this. Our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the full armor of God so that you will be able to resist the evil day and having done everything to stand firm. Stand firm, therefore, having girded your loins with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. In addition to all, taking up the shield of faith with which you will be able to extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, with all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the Spirit. And with this in view, be on the alert with all perseverance and petition for all the saints. And Paul even says, pray on my behalf that utterance may be given to me in the opening of my mouth. Notice why to make known with boldness the mystery of the gospel. And you may remember, I said our goal was to begin to partner with churches, not just Hope Community Church, but with Presbyterian churches and Methodist churches and with St. Michael's and Peace Presbyterian and the Summit and churches all throughout the triangle who claim the gospel, who preach the gospel so that every man, woman, and child in the triangle will have multiple opportunities to hear, see, and respond to the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that's what we're going to do. And so next Friday, I am calling us to prayer. Starting at 4 o'clock next Friday through 4 o'clock next Saturday afternoon, we are going to be having a 24-hour prayer vigil. You know, we used to have these all the time, but we got a little fat and sassy, I believe. So we're going to go back to the basics. In fact, one time when we had one of these, it was about 2 in the morning when someone came in and gave me the name of the individual who later on donated this piece of property, gave it to us free, that our campus here at Raleigh now sits on. it. And I believe that God moves and does amazing things when his people get together and pray. So we're going to be having this 24-hour prayer vigil at all of our campuses. Let me give you just a little bit of detail. It's going to go from 4 o'clock again Friday to 4 p.m. Saturday afternoon. All you have to do is go to the Hope app. You can go get on your computer. Go to gethope.net prayer. You just choose the campus where you want to pray. Second, you choose the time that you want to pray. You'll notice that there are four slots you can sign up for each hour. We're asking people to commit to one hour. If those four slots are, free, are signed up for, you can still pray during that time. We just want to make sure that we have at least four people all through the night at each one of our campuses. So if they are filled, if you could find one and you'd be willing to do that, that would be great. So you just sign up and you show up. And we're going to have people there waiting for you. We're going to have things that you can be praying about. We're going to have different places at our campus that you can go and pray for specific ministries that take place in our campus. And I believe that God is going to move in an amazing way. So I'm calling you as prayer warriors to step forward and let's see what God is going to do. And you know what? I don't think it's a coincidence either. And I just found this out yesterday. I was driving back from a funeral That the Summit Church, I guess us and the Summit, we're the largest churches in the triangle. Unknowingly to us, you know what they're doing next weekend? They've called on their people to have a prayer vigil and to pray. And I don't know what's going on at the Summit, but you know what? We're going to be praying for them. And we're going to be praying for Peace Presbyterian. And we're going to be praying for Colonial. And we're going to be praying for St. Michael's. And we're going to pray that God, through his spirit, moves through our community so that we can become the church that God has called us to become. Now, I'm going to be honest with you, I'm excited about this, because I believe that when we get together and we pray and when we take this serious, I know that God is going to move in an amazing way. There's probably one other thing that you noticed from the video, that there was a direct correlation between people who are generous and people who serve. As I said, Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, when he was writing to the Corinthians, he talked about the generosity, and he says, oh, it's because they gave first of themselves, And that's where generosity starts. And you have an opportunity this weekend to take that first step when it comes to serving. You were given a card as you came in, as you leave. You can check one of those boxes. You'd be interested in trying it out. You can drop it at the bucket at all of our campus. When you leave, someone will be in touch with you. And you're going to have an opportunity, not just giving of your generosity, but giving of your time. Like I said, I'm excited. There's nothing better than giving Satan a beatdown, And I believe, and I've seen this over 36 years of ministry... When Satan is this much on the warpath, it must mean that God has some incredible plans for Hope Community Church and our future. And I think we're going to look back on these days and we're going to say, do you remember? Do you remember? And it's going to be good. Would you stand with me? Would you stand at all of our campus? I want us to do something. I want us to just sing a song that I think we know. And I thought about it because of the video that we just watched. Would you sing Amazing Grace, just that first stanza with me? Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved us was lost, but now. Father, thank you. We thank you that you are the God of the universe. We thank you that you're omnipotent. You're omnipresent. You're immutable. You never change. You're the same yesterday, today, and forever. And Father, we believe that through Hope Community Church, you are building your church. We believe that throughout the triangle, you're building your church. Throughout the world, you are building your church your church. And Father, we believe that when you are moving and your spirit is moving, that Satan is afraid and he behaves badly. And Father, next week as we come together, in fact, may we just start this weekend, would we bathe this place in prayer Would we ask for your protection around its staff, its leaders, its elders, around each of the families that make up Hope Community Church. And Father, will we realize at the end of this prayer vigil that you are winning the battle? It's not because of our resources. It's not because of our cleverness. But it's because of you and because you are building and at work through your people. We just thank you that we get to be a part of it. And Father, right now, we give you the credit. We give you the glory for what you're going to do, not only next Friday into Saturday, But Father, over the next few weeks as we make our way on this journey together to learn more about how we can relieve ourselves of financial stress so that we can become people of generosity that bring honor and glory to you. We thank you now for what you're going to do. In your name we pray. Amen.